Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed for our podcast listeners, and it is aimed at helping us get into God's Word for a short Bible study each day, about 12 minutes or so, and in that way, help keep us focused on our souls, our spiritual well-being, and also on our relationship with God, but also to learn a little bit more from God's Word to guide us as we go through life here on this earth. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. Your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody. In doing so, you can help them start to focus on their spiritual lives, on their souls, on their relationship with God. You can help them perhaps turn their lives around in the better direction, maybe helping them get on the right path that will lead them to eternity in heaven. So think what a great impact you can have for good, eternal good, on other people just by sharing these short studies. You can do that through Facebook friends, through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. But do share. We're talking about the Lord's Church, the church that God designed to be established on this earth by His Son, our Lord and Savior. And we're talking about how we need to go back and restore that original church. We need to not think that we can do better than God and somehow bring it up to date and make it fit the times and be relevant to our current culture. God designed the church the way he wanted it and had Jesus establish it on this earth almost 2,000 years ago. And it is not something that needs to be changed from generation to generation. When we start changing the church that God designed, then it's no longer the church that God designed. When we start changing the gospel message that Jesus brought to mankind for forgiveness and salvation and redemption, then it is no longer the true gospel message that God sent Jesus to bring to this world. You see, we were talking about the whole principle of restoration. You go back to the original. You don't bring it up to date, put a new coat of paint on it, a different color, bring it up to modern standards. You go back to the original. You go all the way back and restore the way it was originally. We talk about homes being restored to their original appearance, including the color that they were first painted with. We talk about cars being restored to their original appearance with original design parts and appearance. We need to go back to restore the church to be what it was by God's design as it was originally established on this church. So the restoration plea, let us speak where the Bible speaks. Don't think we can change God's word. Don't think we need to add to it. Don't think we need to take some things away from it. The Revelation tells us in chapter 22 and verses 18 and 19 that anybody who plays that game, who plays around with the, with the scriptures in that way, Oh, they've got tremendous punishment and eternal condemnation perhaps coming their way. 
let us speak where the Bible speaks. That's good enough for us. God knows better than we know. Let us be silent where the Bible is silent. So don't add anything to God's word. Don't take anything away from God's word. Let us call Bible things by Bible names. Isn't that good enough for us? And let us do Bible things in Bible ways. We don't need the innovations that then violate scripture. Let's just do it the way God laid it out for us. Let's restore the church as it was in the days of the apostles. We began looking at the first implication, and you could think of at least four implications of the restoration plea. First, the restoration plea implies that God had a plan for his church. Well, indeed he did. You know, again, I've talked about how I've toured the largest home in the United States, the Biltmore Mansion in Asheville, North Carolina. I've gone through it a couple of times. It is an incredibly impressive structure. Now, you go into the basement and there's a model that was prepared first as a guide to build that home. We talked about the Sagrada Familia Church in Barcelona, Spain. Been being worked on for decades, but you know, again, they have a model of what the building will look like when it is finished. You think about the man who designed in South Dakota, when he designed those sculptures of the presidents on, on Mount Rushmore. You can go to a particular area of the park there and you can see that what he did first was he created a model of what he wanted things to look like on the side of that mountain. The model came first. So he knew what the ultimate design was going to end up looking like. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Well, God laid out the model for the church for us in his word, going all the way back into the Old Testament scriptures. We read Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. We read Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. We also read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, where it talked about how God had an eternal purpose for the church, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. An eternal purpose. I think we're to understand, and especially when you read this particular letter from the Apostle Paul, you see several times that it refers to before time began, before God put man on this earth. Now, God has always had a pattern. When you read Genesis chapter 6, verse, verse 22, through chapter 7 and verse 5, you see that God had a pattern for the ark that he instructed Noah to build. In fact, he gave him minute details as to how he was to build that ark. When you read about the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 and 9, there's design from God for that tabernacle. You look at the temple in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 11 through 19. There was design there. Design. Well, notice 
that Isaiah said that God would teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. Jesus sent out the apostles to teach those paths. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Now, since the early church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 and chapter 4 and verse 32, we know that God's messengers, they got his plan and they stayed true to it. They respected it. God's plan for the church and they delivered it to the early Christians. They taught them and a great deal of what the New Testament contains is instructions to the church as to how to be the church. Now, we need to understand when we're talking about the church that God designed, we're not talking about a building. A building is simply a structure wherein the church meets. The church is the people, not the steeple. The people, not the steeple. Those who have become true New Testament Christians repenting of their sins, confessing their faith in Christ as their Lord and Savior and God's Son and being baptized into him for the remission of their sins. Being born again, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Becoming a new creation spiritually, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. The old person being put away and the new person beginning with a new spiritual identity. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers, the text tells us. We know God's messengers got his plan for the church delivered to the early Christians. Just as the fullness of God is in Christ, Colossians 1 and verse 19, and God has no plans for salvation for the world outside of Christ. Now, when you look at the last verse of Acts chapter 2, which talks about the establishment of the church on this earth, it contains for us the first gospel sermon upon the church being established on this earth, Acts chapter 2, on Pentecost, 10 days after Jesus ascended back to heaven. When you look at that last verse in that second chapter of Acts, it says, and the Lord added to the church daily or day by day those who were being saved. There is no place for the saved outside of the church. And the church is to be made up of the saved. Our time is just about up today, so we'll stop. We'll look at the second implication of the restoration plea next time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son to establish the church, your church, by your design and your plan upon this earth. Thank you for blessing us to have the opportunity to be a part of your church. If we will come to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, your way. We pray, Father, that you will guide us to be the church that you designed us to be and to respect your design every day of our lives. Please 
we pray that your will be done. Guide us to do your will, always. Please be merciful with us, Father, and patient with us. Please forgive us. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.